You're listening to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hi, friend. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is the Beulah Girl podcast, and I'm Carol Whitaker, your host. I started a series last week on motherhood, the joys, challenges, and trials. I talked a little last week about the value we have as mothers. I came at the topic from more of an angle of being a stay-at-home mom and shared my own experiences, but certainly I was speaking to mothers in general and that all of us as mothers, whether we're working outside the home, whether we're staying at home with our children, that we have value and the word of God provides just encouragement to us in those places where we're worn down, where our children aren't listening, where we're overwhelmed by just the amount of work we have to do. We're in the trenches day in and day out. And so last week, the focus was just on how we can be encouraged and really know how much God places value on the work we do, even if we feel like kind of lost in the shuffle at the moment, because maybe, you know, all we feel like we do is serve other people. We're not really sure, you know, if if we're having an impact or if what we do even matters, if our children are going to turn out, if, if, uh, the, what we're investing in our children is going to matter. And so last week was an encouragement in that direction. This week, I want to continue along with this series and I want to talk about just our calling as moms and continue along just in providing encouragement for whatever season you find yourself in, but just focus specifically on just kind of what our job is as a mom, looking at scripture, drawing some, some, you know, ideas from a particular passage in Titus. There are other passages within scripture that give us, you know, help to fill in a bigger picture of what a mom does. But I want to return back to Titus two for this particular episode. And I have to confess to you before we even get started that this in my own household, this has literally been one of the craziest, I think seasons of my life, one of the craziest weeks, one of the craziest months, honestly, but this, this week, as we're leading into Easter, we had our washing machine go out. We've had problems with it before, but I went to go do a load of clothes. The washing machine stopped and the cycle was making a lot of funny sounds. I tried it again. It wouldn't work. It kept on stopping um, before, you know, the cycle was finished. I turned the washing machine off. I did not even notice. And I also turned the water off at the suggestion of my husband who just wanted to make sure that water still wasn't, you know, going into the washer, make sure as we weren't really sure what the problem was, but I did not even notice until the next day that there was water that had filled up in the wash pan under the washer and then seeped into my laundry room. And then also I did not even notice the day that I noticed the water in the wash in the laundry room, I cleaned all that up. It, it wasn't I didn't think it was really enough to seep into the floor below. I assumed that was the extent of the problem, cleaned it up, which wasn't easy. Had to like reach behind the washing machine, scrub, you know, scrub behind there. I actually had a broom and a rag behind the washer, you know, holding the broom and scrubbing because I couldn't get my body down far enough to get to the floor behind the washing machine with without my husband actually pulling it out. And I wasn't strong enough to pull it out because it was full of wet clothes. So scrub the whole floor. Then the very next day, 
I discovered I was standing in the dining room, which is directly below the laundry room. And I looked up and noticed some water lines on the ceiling, which were not there before. We have a fairly new house and I discovered that water was indeed leaking through from our washing machine. And so then we realized we had a problem that we were hoping, you know, had to do with the laundry room situation, but we didn't know, do we have a a problem with a pipe? You know, what exactly is going on here? And neither my husband or myself were, were not really great at fixing things around the house. We kind of get by, we, we look up YouTube videos and we also call professionals to come in, but I've been without a washing machine for the last several days leading up to Easter, which again, I have three kids. So, I mean, I'm using that washing machine two to three times a day, usually, um, just to keep things going. I have a toddler. I often have to clean her bedding or she goes through a lot of outfits. And so it's just been this crazy, uh, week, the week before our air conditioning unit froze before that we had problems with our van before that we had sick kids, including my toddler had strep. I mean, we have just been in the muck and mire and grind of daily life. And you know, I, it's almost laughable. And also this week, my husband's team had some really lacrosse team. He's a coach, had some really important games. They are going to the state playoffs. So they had their really important game. So I just feel like I have been, I don't even know how to explain how I feel other than I'm worn out. I'm exhausted. I I just feel completely overwhelmed by everything going on. And it's just been this crazy lead up to Easter. And I honestly wasn't sure if I was even going to be able to pull this message together because it seems like we're just hanging on a thread. We had to order a new washing machine. We had to clean up this water disaster. You know, my husband, of course, I wanted to support him with his games. But, you know, as so often God has done for me, um, God just gave me the grace to get through the strength and just helped me, I think, so much with this message um, on motherhood. This whole series has been one that you would think, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom with three kids. You would think that this would be the easiest topic to write about. But I can tell you that this honestly has been one of the most challenging topics for me personally to write about. Uh, just because even though I am a mom, I, I, I've just struggled with, okay, God, what is it you want me to say? And what is it? that I can, what approach should I take? And I believe that he's really come through and I have been ministered to just because we're in this crazy season of all of our, you know, we have things breaking down in our house and we have the craziness of my husband coaching and, and the craziness of three kids age 10 and under, and also running what I do here on the podcast and the blog, all of these things together. And you listening can, I'm sure can relate as you have probably many things going on all at once in your life. And, and there are those moments when it just feels like the world is spinning and maybe you're at the bottom of a hurricane in the eye of the hurricane itself. And you're wondering, okay, Lord, how can I get, go on here? How can I have the encouragement and strength? And this series on motherhood has been one that has comforted me, that has strengthened me because I'm in the trenches y'all. Um, my kids are not grown yet. Um, we are not only dealing with so much as far as just the daily life stuff with things going breaking down, but I'm still very much in that active training role with my kids of, you know, constantly instructing. 
I have a toddler about to be potty trained. I have a uh, pre-tween, you know, preteen, a tween who's about to, you know, enter into adolescence and what that looks like. And then I have a very active seven-year-old boy who is curious and constantly has questions about everything and is, is very, um, precocious and needs a lot of direction at this point in his life. And it can feel very exhausting and overwhelming. So this series has been one that has very much ministered to me, not only in the last episode, but in this one as well. I want to start by reading from Titus 2, 2 through 5. And I touched on this last week, but I want to even expand this scripture a little bit further and draw from this for our our talk today. We can look at other places in scripture that talk about motherhood. And I think it's good to do that to get a clear picture of what God intended when he created um, wives and moms and created the role that we have as women. But this is the primary text I'll be drawing from today. It says in Titus 2, 2 through 5, Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands, so that no one can malign the word of God. When I was reading this, I read a lot of commentary, I was studying, I was praying quite a bit, seeking God about the direction to go. And as I was sitting in my chair downstairs, just reflecting on these words, there was really one that stood out to me in particular that I felt like I wanted to run with it and go in that direction. And it was really there within the the verse, it says that as women, that we are to be busy at home. Now, if you actually look at other translations, such as the King James Version, it doesn't say busy at home. It says keepers of the home. And it really got me thinking as I was just sitting in my chair about this idea of being a keeper um, of the home. If we actually look at the Greek word, the word that it's translated from is literally one that means keeper at home or house keeper. And I was just thinking about this and, you know, keeper isn't really a term that I would ever think about in association with a mom. But as I investigated the term a little bit more and looked into really what it means to be a keeper, it began to dawn on me that this is the exact job that we do as moms. Now, I want to read the English definition of what a keeper is. Now, this may vary a little bit from what the Greek word, I'm not a Greek scholar, so there may be some shades of meaning with the Greek word that don't exist in the English uh, definition of keeper. But I think this is just so helpful in our discussion of, I believe what God has called us to as um, being busy at home or being one that keeps our home. So just looking at the definition of keeper, dictionary.com defines it as a person who guards or watches as at a prison or gate, a person who assumes responsibility for another's behavior, a person who owns or operates a business, a person who is charged with the maintenance of something, a person charged with responsibility for the preservation and conservation of something valuable as a curator or game warden, and a person who conforms to or abides by a requirement. Wow, when I'm reading this list, I'm just seeing so many of these tasks are describing what a mom does every single day. 
As a keeper of a home, a mother lives on the job, is on call 24-7, must keep up with the maintenance of home and care of children, sacrifices herself on a daily basis to ensure her family is protected and cared for. She essentially is the guardian for children and her constant work and effort keeps the household running, um, keeps things going in the house. That is basically she has all of these jobs sort of wrapped into one. And also, as I was just sort of sitting in my chair reflecting on, okay, what does it mean to be a keeper? Before I ever looked up this this definition of what a keeper is, I also thought about in my mind just the idea of a lighthouse keeper came to mind. And it was one that I think God really gave me to help me understand what it's really talking about as being a keeper of the home. But I want to just describe to you for just a moment what a lighthouse keeper, what that job entails. Now, there are still lighthouse keepers that work at lighthouses, but as far as in our own country, there are only a few lighthouses that are actually manned lighthouses that are not automated with electricity and all the advancements in technology. We no longer have to have lighthouses that are operated as they once were back in the day. But I want to look at what just a lighthouse keeper, what that job entails and what particularly what that job looked like before electricity, because I think it it really is actually so close to what we do as a mom. So I did some research on lighthouse keepers and I wanted to share with you some of the information I found. So a lighthouse keeper was responsible for lighting the lamp, the lantern in the lighthouse punctually at dusk each night and to keep that lighthouse lit throughout the night. And I just want to read to you from a website I visited on a lighthouse called the Seagirt Lighthouse. And it tells us this, preparations for lighting the beacon began well before dusk. The keeper first inspected the Fresnel lens and its many prisms, which were clean that morning. The lamp that produced the light was checked and the supply of fuel refilled. The wick was trimmed and lighted. The weights, which dropped down the tower shaft driving gears that caused the lens to revolve, were unlocked, hand cranked up to the top, and a new descent started. So this keeper had this job of lighting the lamp each night. And then the keeper not only had to light the lamp manually, but had to check the lights at intervals during the night. So they actually had scheduled times that they had to check to make sure the light was still burning. Because again, this was a, an actual flame that was burning. It wasn't um, an electric light. And so it could go out, something could go wrong. And so they had to check at different intervals during the night. And then the same keeper had to be up at dawn to turn the lantern off. They would then clean and polish the lens and lantern. And then they would also put a lens bag over that lantern to protect the lens from the sun and also to protect from fires and also just to conserve on fuel as well. And so it was this incredibly intensive job of lighting the lamp, cleaning the lamp, cleaning the lighthouse, cleaning the windows to the lighthouse, checking the light during the night. And that's not where the duties ended. The lighthouse keeper was also responsible for maintaining the house 
on the lighthouse grounds where they lived. They actually lived on their job and also maintaining the grounds. They were also responsible for responding and being prepared to respond to emergencies, shipwrecks, to respond um, during storms. They had to keep the lighthouse, the lamp burning continuously through the night on nights when there were storms rather than just checking at certain intervals. So this job was literally a 24-7, seven days a week job that very much is similar to that of a mom and that is moms, you're going all the time. If you are a mom right now of small children, then you may be up several times a night with them. They frequently get sick. And so you're up with them when they're sick at night. You're up early in the morning with them. You have to bathe and feed and care for their every need and change their diapers. It's a continual job. Or maybe you're a mom of some you know, kids with special needs that they require continuous care, that perhaps they're not able to care for themselves, that maybe they have to be on a special meal schedule. You have to drive them to certain therapies. Maybe they're not able to physically move on their own. So whatever season you find yourself in or whatever, you know, special role God has given you as a mom, there are so many challenges and so many duties associated with that. And we can learn so much from looking at a lighthouse keeper. And this word keeper that's used in Titus 2. So continuing on with this idea or this metaphor of a lighthouse keeper to describe what we do as everyday moms, we can also draw a few other ideas related to this idea of being a keeper at home as it describes in Titus 2. And just this idea of being a keeper and, and again, just drawing from this idea of a lighthouse keeper. The first idea I want to just pull is number one, before we even get to some of the meat of this discussion, I want to just say that we don't all have to mother the same. One of the ideas that really stood out to me as I was doing some research on the job of lighthouse keeper is that each lighthouse station was a little bit different. Each lighthouse had its own signature blinks to help sailors identify the light and was also unique from other lighthouse stations in the way that it looked so that sailors could determine where they were in the water and where they were navigationally. And I think that as moms that we often get caught up in comparing ourselves to other moms that maybe we feel superior or inferior based on what we do in comparison to another mom, but that we're allowed to be different. We don't all have to be exactly the same. One mom may love to take her kids out to museums and shopping and outings to the park. Another mom may enjoy quieter activities at home with her kids, such as puzzles, book reading, you know, other quiet activities, watching movies with the kids, cooking in the kitchen. So, one mom may just have an emphasis in one area and one may mom may have an emphasis in another. And a lot of times we rate ourselves based on, okay, I feed my kids organic foods or I, um, you know, only use cloth diapers or I, you know, homeschool my kids. And those are all things that we can do and can be good things that we do for our kids. But what we need to remember is that just as there are different lighthouse keepers, different lighthouses, 
we can be a little bit different as moms, as long as we are drawing a firm line on the principles of the gospel that outlines for godly wives and mothers, how we execute these tasks can be with our own unique style and flair. We can have some freedom within that, knowing that as long as we're consulting God about the ins and outs of our decisions, as long as we're adhering to the principles of the gospel and looking to God to lead us, we don't all have to mother exactly the same. The second point I want to bring about in looking at Titus 2 and this idea of being a keeper of the home is we have a manual to follow. Lighthouse keepers at one time were part of the U.S. Lighthouse Service, and they all had the same manual to follow. So even though they had a different, um, you know, their responsibilities could vary a little bit depending on the station, and each light station was slightly different, they all followed the same manual given to them by the U.S. Lighthouse Service. And what we can take away from that is, yes, as moms, we can have our own style, our own flair. We don't have to be exactly like another mom. But we do have a manual to follow, and we do have certain guidelines that are given to us to follow. And Titus, when the Apostle Paul instructs the older women to teach the younger women or urge the other women, depending on what translation you you look at, he uses a Greek word which means to recall to one's senses or admonish. Paul was urging the older women to essentially call back some of the women who were just drifting along, living the way the world did, not considering what it meant to be a Christian woman. So he was correcting some of their attitudes toward religion in that some of them really preferred to follow certain myths, certain rituals that they had picked up along the way, rather than just live out the quiet, everyday guidelines of the gospel. And we can be challenged by this in that we too, we often get what we know about being a mom or emulate ourselves after someone else, after an idea we've picked up somewhere in the culture. And some of those things can be good things, but being an effective mom is in fact looking to see that we are doing what the Bible says in regards to motherhood and not simply drifting along with societal expectations and norms. Paul exhorted Titus to teach elderly women that they might teach the young woman what it meant to be a Christian woman in behavior and dress that they might best represent the gospel. Similarly, for us, being the best mom we can means looking to the word of God for uh, for our cues on how to raise our children, looking to the help, you know, the help of the Holy Spirit, not the world. Titus 2 tells us that a godly wife and mother looks like the following, loving our wives, I'm sorry, loving our husbands and children, being self-controlled and pure, being busy at home, kind and subject to our children. I'm sorry, subject to our husbands. This is certainly not easy to read because it does go against the ideas of what it means to be a mom and wife taught by our society. And I just want to clarify here too as well that many people have misinterpreted this Titus 2 passage and they've really placed this emphasis on mothers are boxed in, mothers, women are boxed in to only being mothers or only doing tasks within the home. And while we certainly see this emphasis of women managing the home and women prioritizing their husbands and their children, we also see, if we compare this this passage to other places in scripture, we see a description of different types of women engaged in many roles. And we see women engaged in service 
as far as using their gifts in the church and also having a calling beyond that of, of simply wife and mother, that wife and mother is part of their calling, but they're also called to use their gifts and service of the kingdom. And again, if we have small children, our calling at this time may be very much looking like the care of small children. We may not have a lot of time for anything else, but God does call us individually in different ways. And so many have misinterpreted this passage to mean that we have, you know, all women have to stay at home, that they are not allowed to work in the business realm or be working moms. Um, But again, we each as women need to search the scriptures, not only this, but compare this to other places in scripture where it talks about motherhood, seek out God's will for our lives and know that for each of us, God calls us to unique places. And so, yes, we have these guidelines to follow, but being a worker at home or keeper of the home does not mean that we can't, you know, work in the business sphere or we can't balance both work and motherhood. There are other scriptures that speak of women working outside the home or being engaged in business type roles. So it's important that we balance this scripture with other scriptures to get a clear picture of what God intended. However, the ideas in this passage of being dedicated to homes and children are those that do very much go against what we hear about in our culture as being the role of a wife and mom. And yet we have to, as one commentator I read said, we have to know that Paul was passing on ideas to Titus that weren't necessarily his own, but were actually the will of, of the eternal God communicated in this letter. And so even though some of these truths aren't the most fun to read or embrace, we see that they are given to us as the guidelines by which to operate our you know, households or light stations, you might say. The last point I want to bring out is we have a duty higher than ourselves. A lighthouse keeper formed his task, not just because he loved doing it. I'm sure at some point there was a reason that a lighthouse keeper was drawn to his job, that maybe he was drawn to do what he did because he loved the sea, or maybe he was good at maintenance or maybe he just liked the idea of helping other people by keeping a light shining. But there were probably days when he really didn't feel like doing his job, but other people's lives depended on him doing his job well. And as mothers, we too have a reason beyond just ourselves, a higher reason beyond ourselves to do our job well in that God calls us to it. If we look at the passage in Titus, it tells us that God is calling us to love our husbands and children. And that's in verse four, the lives of our children, as well as those looking on, it says later in the passage that we are to do so, so that no one will malign the word of God, um, that we have a responsibility to, to do our jobs as mothers, as outlined in scripture, not only because it will benefit our families and our lives and our children's lives will be enhanced, but also because the lives of our children may actually they may actually be saved because of our actions as well as those looking on that again we can't force our children to accept salvation but we can certainly present the gospel to them we can certainly teach them and the bible says 
that they will go, you know, tells us in Proverbs that children who are taught in the right way will keep to that way when they're older. Now, this isn't necessarily a guarantee. There are certain, you know, instances where there's prodigal children, but it's telling us that as moms, while we can't control the every action of our children, we can control what we do. And that is we have a responsibility to impart the truths of the gospel to our children. And this isn't always something we're going to feel like doing. But again, we have a duty higher than ourselves, just like a lighthouse keeper didn't always feel like showing up, lighting the lamp, checking throughout the night, getting up at dawn to turn off the light, clean the light, clean, you know, the, the, the lighthouse and the grounds that he did it because he had a duty to perform and because lives were dependent on him doing his job. Also, when it tells us that we are to love our husbands and children, again, we are going to feel natural affection for our husbands and children, but some days that natural affection is going to not be there. There are going to be times that our children annoy us. They overwhelm us. They frustrate us. They anger us. And so it, in those days, we still have a, a responsibility to love our children with the help of God. Some days we're going to have to, you know, really rely on the Holy Spirit and just pray that we can have, you know, the patience to get through. But this love isn't merely an affection. It's not merely kissing and hugging our children and being affectionate towards them, although it certainly entails that. But it's this love is a love to see our children go in the right direction, a love that is willing to invest in them, not only providing for their physical needs, but investing spiritually and emotionally in, in raising them in, in the way that they should go. Proverbs 13, 24 tells us whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. When we love our children, we do more than simply display affection towards them. We guide them in the right way to go. So it's talking about in Titus, this love and this duty to love our children is more than just being affectionate and treating them as a as an affectionate mother should, but it's also training our children in the right way and keeping in view the role we have in guiding them towards a certain goal of being, you know, um, followers of Jesus Christ, of living out the principles of the gospel, teaching them in the right way to go. I love what a high fo- uh, profile fo- football coach said at a press conference on what he considered his greatest success in life. And he said this, he said it was bringing his own three boys to salvation. Now this coach was actually a division one football coach and he could have easily talked about his successes as a coach. He could have talked about his players. He could have talked about the amazing program that he's built. He could have talked about his, you know, lessons that he's learned as a coach, but he said, actually, his greatest success in life was bringing his own three boys to salvation. And I love his perspective. Now, obviously, this coach is not a mom. We're talking about moms here. But we can take away from his words as a parent. And men have responsibility too, which obviously I'm not addressing in this in this podcast. But what we can take away from his words is a challenge for us that as mothers and keepers of our homes, 
we have a responsibility to lead our kids in the right direction. You know, what exactly are we allowing our kids to watch, to hear, to talk about? How are we caring for them? What kind of environment are we providing for them? What atmosphere are we creating in our homes as keepers of the home? Titus 2 admonishes us to love our families, to watch over our homes, not only for their benefit, but so that our conduct is in keeping with the gospel. Similarly, Deuteronomy 11:19 tells us we are to teach our children about God and his word. When we sit down, we walk along the road, lie down and get up. In this series, I've been so challenged as I've evaluated my own attitudes toward motherhood. And sometimes I just have an apathy or I just don't try that hard. Or I think that what I'm doing doesn't matter, but we see just the seriousness, the, the, um, the purpose behind our job as moms. The mother of the great preacher, Charles Spurgeon prayed for her children and particularly for her son, Charles, before he was ever the Prince of Preachers, He was a strong-willed youth of 14 and 15 who hadn't yet devoted his life to Christ. And she prayed for her son that he would go in the right way. And Charles remembers hearing his mom pray this. Now, Lord, if my children go on in their sins, it will not be from ignorance that they perish. And my soul must bear swift witness against them at the day of judgment if they lay not hold of Christ. He later reflected that, How can I ever forget her tearful eye when she warned me to escape from the wrath to come? Spurgeon was moved by his mother's pleading for his soul. It was not until later in a small chapel that he accepted Jesus Christ, but it was certainly his mother's intercession for him that laid the groundwork for his decision to accept Christ. As moms, we're often tempted to doubt our own effectiveness, neglect to pray for or guide our own children. But when we do that, they greatly miss out. Just as a lighthouse keeper is essential to his lighthouse station. We as moms are essential to our children and homes and have an important role to play in molding our kids and teaching them the truths of the of the gospel. I can recall many times in my own life how my own mother, my own mom, who's a Christian, used to check up on me. She used to ask probing questions. She used to share nuggets of wisdom to help me in certain stages. I didn't always love what she told me, I didn't um, always want her advice, but I can look back and see that she was guiding me in the right way. And it was in not only her instruction to me, but in me watching her read her Bible, watching her pray, watching her go to church and talk about God, that it helped me in those places where my own rebellious heart was leading me in the wrong direction. So all of this to say that in the wear and tear of daily life, I mean, if you listen to the beginning of my podcast, you know that I'm in the middle of it. We've got washers breaking down. We've got AC units freezing up. We've got a van that I feel like it, I'm not sure if it's even going to make it a few more years um, because we've had some problems with it and some expensive repairs in the wear and tear. I've got kids that I'm attempting to mold certain attitudes and I've got tantrums I'm dealing with and I've got unruly behavior and I've got things to check up with them on school and all of that is really overwhelming and I sometimes forget that all of this is for a purpose. It matters. Scripture reminds us of the important role of mom as keeper of the home. 
So we, if we're in a place where we're overwhelmed, we're feeling bogged down, we're just feeling like, you know, that we don't have purpose. We can remember just our important role, take it seriously because our children's lives truly depend on us doing our job well. There are other people outside of us that will come and help to guide our children in the right way. But we as moms have a pivotal role in influencing our children to go in the right direction and providing the right environment in our home and teaching our children about the gospel. And so just a reminder to us to take our job seriously, to be so encouraged that the work we do has value and that God gave us this special role to carry out as moms. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, maybe some of the moms listening are in really tough seasons. They've got children that don't listen. They've got conflicts, maybe marital conflicts. They're adding distress in the home, maybe conflicts with some of their children. Maybe they're praying for a rebellious child that doesn't seem to want to turn in his way. Um, Maybe they are overwhelmed by this, the sheer difficulty of doing all of the things that it requires to be a good mom. Maybe they're exhausted because they're, they're working and they're a single mom and they're coming home and having to care for their children. They're emotionally just worn out. Lord, we need your strength and encouragement that Lord, we are keepers of the home, but Lord, this isn't just a list of impossible tasks that you've given us, that you're demanding of us, that Lord, The encouraging thing about your word is that you are with us. You are God with us, that you walk with us. If we have accepted you as our Lord and Savior, you live inside of us. You guide us and help us in those places where we just don't have the strength when our strength has run out. And you're not giving us impossible demands to try to live up to that you outline what a Christian woman looks like. And then you walk with us and help us live that out and help us be the mom that we should be. And so, Lord, if we're feeling condemned, if we're feeling bad and feeling like we just don't measure up or we could never be this kind of mom, help us to know that you've provided these guidelines, not just to beat us down, but to encourage us and to provide a challenge and to provide the um, challenge of being this godly woman, but you help us do it and you help us to lead our kids in the right way with the help of your spirit. Help us to always turn to you. It says in your word that you renew our strength. You help us soar like eagles when we don't have the strength, when we're faint, when we're weary, when we're bogged down. And so if we're in that place, Lord, help us to strengthen us, help us to remember our important role, but always look to you to help us fulfill it. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.